What's going on, everybody? Thank you for joining me on another exciting episode of Data. My name is Brian, and I look forward to sharing with you another amazing guest today. But first, if you haven't subscribed to the show yet, please make sure you get out there and hit that subscribe button so you don't miss a single episode. Now sit back and enjoy. Jeff Marshall, thank you very much for joining me on Dad Up today. I really appreciate it. I'm looking forward to our conversation and um, excited to hear kind of a little bit about your dad experiences. So welcome to the show. Well, it's, it's an absolute privilege and I'm so glad that we connected and I hope I can bring some I hope I can bring something helpful and valuable to, to all the dads that listen to you. I mean, it's a great podcast, and I'm just appreciate it. really appreciate the opportunity. Awesome. Well, um, I appreciate that. For my listeners who maybe don't know who you are, can you tell me a little bit about yourself, kind of your backstory, kind of what you do now, and then also how many kids you have? Sure. Um, I'm a chef by training, published author, regular on our local uh, Fox television station, and my whole mission is to help people, their kids, their grandkids, help them live happier, healthier, better quality lives using smart nutrition. Uh, so I'm a chef, but I focus on using food to help people either improve their safety and performance on the job or help them improve their quality of life. So I've always had a curiosity in people. I've always been interested in people. I've always wanted to help people. Food is a great way to get to know people and great way to, to uh, take care of oneself. So not only was I interested in using my hands and being creative as a chef, but I wanted to use that as a way to create connection with people and help them really understand how nourishing is different than eating. So my, I, we teach how food works for you, works against you. We work with all sorts of organizations, do live streaming uh, webinars and videos. And it's a, it's a ton of fun, and we actually do a lot of work with schools, uh, with child care providers in a few different states in the Midwest, uh, doing training on kitchen skills to menu development to helping them deal with picky eaters, kids and adults. I mean, you know, one of the things about being a dad, and I have two kids, nine, my daughter's not, Isla, she's nine years old, and then my youngest, Audra, is five. And, you know, having kids, I have learned so much about myself through that. And, you know, when I'm doing these presentations and helping people, I try to kind of just put some humanity into it and make it fun and make it practical. And so I do a lot of presenting and speaking and training through the lens of uh, cooking and nutritional health and wellness and and being a chef. That all make sense? Absolutely. And, you know, I think one of the, one of the things that, that kind of piqued my interest about you is, um, that you do do you do focus a lot of your nutrition, even though you do work with you know all you know adults and teens and kids. You, really, you focus a lot on on nutrition for kids because uh, we know that's important, and uh, we see a lot of parents that don't really don't really know or have all the knowledge or the tools on how to teach their kids or get their kids to eat healthy. And so that's one of the things that that kind of interested me about you is that you really do have a, a knack for um, kind of teaching kids about nutrition. Well, you, you make a good point. Um, think of the think of the typical, and then I'll then I'll add to this. But think of a typical parent, overstressed, overwhelmed, sleep deprived, just too much stuff going on, and then they have to deal with their kids at the table. Right. What kind of agenda does the child have versus the adult? It's obviously very different. And, and parents, parents feel that they have to be not just chief cook, bottle washer and, you know, breadwinner and all this, but then they have to be, you know, this 
nutritionists and they have to be an educator and, and it is overwhelming and I absolutely get that. So to your point about being able to connect with kids in the kitchen and teaching them how nourishing is different than easy, uh, how nourishing is different than eating is an important thing for adults to kind of like relax on. And, but they, at the same time, they have to realize that nine out of 10 times, they're the problem, not the kids. So if they are at the table and they're stressed out and they're not paying attention to their child and they're not just focusing on the meal and the people at the table, well, their kids, their, their, their children, their child's going to reflect that. So we do a lot of work with helping parents have strategies to engage their kids in eating nutritious foods, making it really simple. I mean, you know, food is a big tool to make money. And, you know, it's, it's, it's social, it's economical, it's cultural, it's become political. I mean, there's so many emotions associated with it. And you have to learn how to get that stuff out of the way and make it just be about having great tasting, nourishing food that's going to help you have a better day. I mean, like, you know, your wife's a teacher and she knows full well when she has kids that don't eat or eat the right foods, how much harder it is for them to focus. They have more aggressive behavior. They're more jittery. They have higher levels of strength, strength anxiety. I mean, it's, it's real stuff. And yet at the same time, it, you know, at the same time, it's another thing that parents have to deal with. So how do you take the mystique out? And that's where, you know, that's where we come in with just, you know, making the tools fun, understand the benefits, you know, and I don't mean like, because you get to be healthy, but mm. it can be like, Hey, you can get home in the afternoon and your kids aren't going crazy. And now you, you know, now you become a zombie because you have to deal with all that. You have to learn, you have to give them benefits, reasons that they actually can connect with. Yeah. And it's, um, it's interesting that you say that about, um, you know, my wife being a teacher and she does notice those kinds of things with students in her class. Right. And the same thing for me, you know, as, as, you know, I, I coach basketball. So, as a matter of fact, I was just having this conversation with my players last night. Uh, um, I was trying, mm-hmm. trying to trying to talk to them about, hey, you guys need to be doing your exercises at home. Um, you need to be working out. You need to be uh, doing your abs, your abs, your running, all that kind of stuff. You need to be drinking water. And I said, however, you also need to eat healthy foods. You also need to maintain a good uh, diet. I said, I told them, I said, you don't have to eat healthy 100% of the time. But I'm saying put the right nutrition in your body, put the right foods in your body, because that will give you the energy and that will help your body grow and develop uh, to a point that we need you to be at. Um, so I was just having this conversation last night with my players. It's so funny that you're talking about well, that. Well, and it's, fa- and it's fascinating, Brian, because collegiate athletes, professional athletes, they put a tremendous focus on having foods that will help them minimize the pain, the swelling that'll help with muscle recovery and development that'll help them, you know, bounce back quicker from stressful events. I mean, they're doing this. It's, a, it's real. It's, it's irrefutable. And, you know, kudos to you for having your, your team, you know, having that awareness and nudging them because, I, I mean, I know you've probably have heard this or maybe you've experienced it, but, like, I, when I have talked with sports teams and coaches, sometimes they'll comment about, yeah, you know, the kid's just on their way to, you know, the visiting team's, uh, arena, you know, they grab something or they have the wrong foods to eat. And then they wonder after the, uh, you know, after the, the match or whatever, why were our, why were athletes just a little off? The passes weren't just crisp. They weren't reading the screens. What was going on with the routes? 
people don't connect those dots, but if, if, if collegiate and pro athletes connect those dots, there's no reason for anybody, you know, I mean, absolutely high school competitive athletes should be doing it, but anybody. And, and again, it's, it's all baby steps. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many demands. There's so many demands on people. I mean, I have, you've got demands on you that are maybe some are similar. Some are probably different than me. I have demands. Everyone has demands on us. And how do you take a very emotionally charged part of one's life and just make it simple and make it practical and make it safe and make it fun. Right. And that's what, that's, that's what we've been working on really hard doing. Yeah. And, um, you know, speaking of athletes, um, it's one of the things that we don't allow when we go to games, um, we actually, we, we actually cater in uh, team meals. So we have some oh, great cool. team meals wow. and the team meals are, you know, generally from, from somewhere that's healthier than, you know, your normal fast food chain, but we, you know, we'll do a subway or things like that. We'll have a, a nice sandwich or something that they that they get at least some nutrition in their body and they're not eating, you know, these hamburgers and cheeseburgers and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I also, awesome. but I also told my players last night, I said, you know, you can do all these exercises at home. You can come to these practices and work your tail off and practice. But if you don't have the right nutrition, you're still, your body's still not going to perform at its best. I said, really your health, your, your diet, your nutrition and, and getting into, in your body into peak performance, shape and condition the way that you need it to be. It's really 80% diet and 20% exercise. So you really yeah. have to focus yeah. on your nutrition. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I, 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 drilled it into him last night I, we do it often but i did it really really uh pushed it last night because um uh, we just need them to start stepping up a little bit more and, and i can see it i can see it in some of my players but um that, that's well, awesome. let, me, let me ask you this though um kind of staying on the, the kind of the nutrition side of things when you have parents that are that are busy i mean like you said we're all busy right we have parents that come home from work they're tired they're exhausted they throw together a meal or they order out how do you teach parents like, hey, this is how you can do it, and it's not as difficult as you think. It's not as as tiresome as you might think. What kind of what kind of tools can you can you tell parents briefly? Can you tell parents that that would help them? Okay, briefly, I will tell you. <laughs> I know briefly, um, right? The, the the first thing, I mean, the first thing is parents have to have a an emotional connection to why they should even care. Because I could be like, hey, you know what? I got my bills paid. Life is good. Going on vacation. You know, everything's fine. I don't need to, you know, I'll just, I'll, I'll get, I'll get someone to, you know, I'll get drive through. I don't do that, by the way. I mean, I make everything, but the point is they got to have a reason. So a really good reason could be that, Hey, you want to play with your kid pain free. You want to wake up and not feel like a train wreck. You want to hear positive news from your kid and their teachers that they're focusing in class and get a good grade. I mean, whatever the emotional hook is for that parent to care. You don't want to be stressed out when you get home going, oh, gosh, I got to get dinner on the table. Okay, you know, whatever it is. And then the second thing is you need to have a pathway and a process. So having like a meal plan, a meal menu, use it interchangeably, but some kind of menu plan, meal plan to help you go from where you are to where you want to be. You know, I would want to know, like my kids, you know, I'm not militant about this stuff with my kids, but they do know that there are foods that will help them get through the day with energy to spare, help them sleep better, help them, you know, perform better, et cetera, et cetera. And there's foods that are going to take them in a downward spiral and they're going to be miserable. So going back to this four-step component process is they got to have a, a process. So having some kind of meal plan and then you got to have the tools. Now that's, now you brought that up, Ryan, 
it's great to have tools like recipes and, and that sort of thing, but you need to know how to use those tools, those recipes. And building skills and confidence in the kitchen is absolutely critical. So we always encourage people, you know, pick one recipe or two recipes that you will make that you can prep in it and then have to just heat and serve during the week. If you're that busy and you don't want to be uh, at the mercy of, you know, of the drive-thru and start taking ownership for your life, this is what you do. It. So pick up two recipes and prep them on the weekends. Um, so anyways, tools and training. And then the last point is constant support, reinforcement, motivation. You know, you get support from your kids or from your friends, your coworkers. You get support from, you know, people that you listen to. You get, you know, education in that same way. But you got to always have that be a consistent, you know, motivation goes away, as you well know. But if you have, um, if you make the task easy and you build confidence in the process of doing that task, then you'll do it more and more and more. Then you can build it and build it. But, but it really just comes down to uh, reason to do it, an easy process to do it, have the tools, know how to use them, and then have the backup, the support and reinforcement. Those are great. Those are great. I, and I think those will help. I mean, I do like the, the meal prep. I do like the idea of just having, you know, like you said earlier, small steps, right? Take baby steps, right? I do like the idea mm-hmm. of having a, a couple recipes that you kind of pick out and those two recipes. And that's just, that covers two nights during the week. And that's two nights yeah. that you, you prep the weekend before and you have it ready. So that way it's not as, as cumbersome. It's not as tiring. Um, so that's, that's well, and, 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 and other things if I can add, you know, we get into this, at least I, my perception is people get into this mindset that they have to have a unique, different meal every night and a unique, different lunch and unique, different breakfast. And that is not realistic. I mean, I'm a utilitarian. I eat more or less the same thing for breakfast. And I don't, you know, people need to be cool with having leftovers and being able to use those leftovers in creative ways if they're not a utilitarian like me, because I know not everyone is. But if we get out of that mindset of unique meals, that'll take a lot of pressure off because people put unnecessary pressure on themselves because they don't have the skills or the confidence. And then they compound that without other story with other stories. And it makes it hard and I get it, but it doesn't have to be hard. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Kind of, uh, kind of segueing into your, into your dad role. Um, what, what, in your opinion, what defines a good dad to you? I, that is an awesome question. And I'm sure there could be a lot of different things on here, but I would say the first thing is, what defines a good dad is unconditional love. And that is unconditional love for my kids. And it's unconditional love for me and the other adults that influence my kids. I think that's a huge one. Uh, just three pieces of this, actually. Uh, the, next, the next one would be being actively engaged in my kids' lives. And obviously, like, you know, your kids are in college, mine are in, uh, you know, kindergarten and third grade. So it's different levels of engagement. But being actively uh, engaged is huge. And then the third point would be be curious to grow and learn with them. I don't, know, I don't know who said it, but you're either growing or you're dying. And that's kind of a, that's sort of a sort of grandiose, extreme perspective to take. But I feel that I'm a good dad. Part of the reason is because I'm willing to grow. I'm willing to learn sometimes from my kids, sometimes from my wife, sometimes just with the experiences I'm having, but I'm always curious and I want to grow and learn. So those are the things that I think, define a good dad um those are great and i do agree with all those uh unconditional love for sure uh if you if you don't have unconditional love for your for your children um i don't know why you're a dad uh, because you have to have <laughs> right. unconditional love for your kids right 
So that's a given. Right. Um, being actively engaged. I mean, that was one of the reasons, uh, one of the reasons why I was so actively involved with my kids is because my dad wasn't, wasn't around. He was around. Yeah. He was, he was present, but he was working all the time. So he wasn't ever, he wasn't ever really engaged with me. And so I just knew that when I had kids, when I grew up and had kids, I wouldn't be that way. And, and so it's one of the reasons why my boys and I have such a good bond uh, together um, that, and even when we're apart, you know, they're away to college. Uh, even when we're apart, we're, we still talk and, and we're so engaged with each other and what's going on in each other's lives. And it's because we've developed that bond and, and, and I've been so involved in their lives over the years. So it's really, really important to be actively engaged for sure. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, awesome. Now, obviously, you've been a chef for a while. Do your kids enjoy cooking with you? Do you get them involved? Is this a, do you do you have like these family nights where you just the the whole family just gets together and does some cooking together? I mean, I'm sure you do, but I I I'll be totally honest. I wish, uh, and I'll say it this way: um, we have so my kids, you know, nine and five. My on Friday nights we do family night and we do something, some kind of chef special, and they give me input and they may cook with me. I mean, I wish we did it every night. So that's why I say I wish. Um, <laughs> But we, it, here's the thing with, with my kids and with cooking and what I've noticed in general is my nine-year-old likes to be in charge. She's, she likes to be in control. And that is cool in some situations and not in others. When she wants to be in the kitchen with me, I try to have it feel like she's running the show. And so I change my, you know, my, my approach with her. And so then she feels a little more invested in it. And then, you know, kind of bosses me around and stuff with my with my five with my five-year-old she's an accommodator where she wants to make you happy and please you and and i mean that's cool but she also can stick up her so she's not a doormat but the point is she loves to participate from the concept of hey this is what we're going to do to getting it prepped to getting it cooked to getting the dinner table set and getting it on the table and she will participate it i mentioned the control thing and, and i wanted to point that out with my daughter, because for most kids, that food space is an area where they can make decisions oftentimes, and they can have control. You know, a lot of parents don't realize that, I mean, and I'm projecting here, I'm pointing fingers at me, so I'm not like holier than thou or anything. But a lot of times, it's a power move with the kids and the adults. You know, you think about picky eating, for example, um, you know, a child might think some might not like something, but that's because their taste buds are changing every, you know, every other day. I mean, by age five, just from zero to five, the taste buds are hardwired about 80%, which is mm. kind of crazy. And so if they're, if they're used to eating highly processed, you know, packaged foods, uh, they're going to have a preference for that. If they're used to eating whole foods, real foods, healthy foods, whatever you want to call it, they're going to have a tendency to do that. Now you can rewire and stuff as the kids develop, but the point is, they want to feel safe, number one. They want to be in control, number two. And they want to feel like, you know, they had some input in this. So I love having my kids cook with me because it gives them to feel invested in the process. You know, for, for the busy, a couple questions ago, the busy family that is just trying to, you know, get dinner on the table. And, you know, now they want to try to make more nourishing meals to help their kids, you know, perform, feel, and look their best. You want to have those kids feel that they're contributing. Maybe they're helping pick 
the recipe. Maybe they're helping with the shopping. Maybe they're helping with the prep. I mean, whatever they can do that's appropriate for them, that makes them feel that they're part of this process, studies show they're going to be more likely to be, be involved and actually want to try it. And, and that's something that, you know, my kids are willing to try things because we give them the opportunity. And a lot of times they're going to go, oh, I don't want it. Now, if I am grounded and just being in the moment, I'm going to say, okay, that's cool. Thanks for trying. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, a lot of times parents will be like, oh, you need to eat. We got to go do this. You got to do that. I mean, you know, there was a study 10 years ago, one in four meals a child was getting in America was served in the car. And one in four meals was uh, through the drive through I mean, so we've got like the bar is really low when it comes to creating a new food paradigm with, with, with people, with kids specifically and, and families. And, you know, if, if parents can just let go of the power thing and realize that kids are just trying to be safe and test the waters and don't make a big deal about it, they usually later on in the meal, they see you eating and smiling and still alive. They'll start picking at the food and trying it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. And, you know, you brought up a good point. I, is it difficult, do you think, to, to change a kid's eating habits if you've started them off on the wrong foot? In other words, if you've got them eating pretty much whatever they want when they're four, five, six, seven years old, and then you mm-hmm. try to change it, it's much harder to change, right? Instead of trying to incorporate that at, at a very young age or even as a, as a toddler. Yeah, I mean, it is challenging, but there's some caveats to it. Number one is if you as a parent totally believe that this is the right thing to do. So you're committed, number one. Uh, and then number two, you're consistently demonstrating this new way of being and not folding. Okay, number three. Then, oh, then number four would be getting them to, again, it's that investment piece. So they're going to mm. say, well, how come we're not having, you know, all right. these candies and cookies and chips all the time. And you're going to say, well, because I really love you. I really care about you. And you know what? When I eat this way, I actually feel so much better. So, you know, it's, you got you to take the, the head game out of it, but you got to demonstrate. I, I've been growing up over the last year and realizing that, you know, kids need, and I, and I know conceptually this, and I've heard it enough and, you know, talked about it enough, but a kid needs structure. Some need structure in certain ways versus others. And so if, if a child is having free reign as to what they're eating, well, now they're creating that relationship with food that it's just a free-for-all, and parents are going to have to wrangle that in. But they can do it with, 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 commit, you know, with commitment and, and structure and, and uh, just, you know, take it. Again, it's, it's baby steps. Uh, right. There are sensitivities. You know, there's texture issues. There's food sensitivities. I mean, those are real things, and they're becoming even more pronounced just because of the state of our food system, which is a whole other conversation. But right. it, it can be done. You got it. You got to stay fine. And I mean, adults are no different. You know, if someone just told you what to do, you'd be like, yeah, whatever. But if, if you felt like it was your idea and you saw benefits and you enjoyed it in the process and you felt you had a stake in it, you probably would do it. Kids yeah. are no different. Yeah, I agree. Now, if I were to ask your daughters, tell me something about your dad, what, what would you hope that they would say about you? I hope that they would say that I hope that they would say just always, you know, he said, you know, go for it. Don't, if you fall down, get back up and, and just keep going. And, and it's really about for them, me saying for them, it's, I, I hope they would say that and that it would help them when they demonstrate that to build confidence. Mm. Yeah. I don't, I don't think enough parents, 
tell their kids those things, you know, um, or, or encourage that type. Uh, how do I, right. say I don't, I don't think those parents understand that how much power there is in teaching their kids that, that way of thinking, you know, and Absolutely. I, I even see it at, I even see it at the high school level where I coach, I see players that I try to, you know, I try to build that, that same type of, um, of thought process to them. And I can see kind of the confused look on their face. Um, and it just because they're not getting that kind of lesson at home and it's, right. and it's, it's hard and it's frustrating, but, uh, um, hopefully, uh, as, as time evolves, kids will, um, start to grasp that at a younger age. Well, I, I think what will happen, I mean, it, you, you see the people that are advancing in life because they're, they are willing to take risks and they're willing to be uncomfortable. I mean, I tell my kids this all the time. It's like, okay, it's hard. It's okay. It's hard. And you might think at it at first and you might think at it a lot at first, but you just keep trying and keep trying and you keep trying. And a lot of people will give up, but you won't. And I even have my, my five-year-old and, and Isla, who's nine, when she was younger, they both would say, you know, I know I fell down, like metaphorically or whatever. I'm going to get back up and keep trying. I mean, that's to your point, that's Ryan. Awesome. That's so powerful. My, awesome. So I hope they say, I hope they say that our dad, our dad always said, just keep, keep going and don't give up. And Well, listen, Marshall, it's been uh, super awesome to have you on. Um, you've provided a lot of good tips and a lot of good suggestions for, um, not only just dads out there, but, but for parents in general. So, um, any, any dads and moms that are listening to this, um, I hope you take some of the tips and, and, and tools that he provided in our conversation and, and really apply it, uh, to help you, you and your kids, um, kind of start to go down that, uh, that road of eating healthy and enjoying, enjoying food the way it's supposed to be enjoyed. Um, but listen, if my listeners wanted to look you up, Marshall, can you tell me um, kind of where they can find you, how they can look you up? Uh, and then also, what do you have going on this year, that, the rest of this year anyway, that, you, that you're looking forward to? Uh, well, you can find me on Facebook at Chef Marshall O'Brien Group. You can find me on Instagram at Chef Marshall O'Brien. Uh, we got a website, ChefMarshallO'Brien.com. Uh, and so that's probably the best ways to, to connect. And as far as what I've got going on right now or that I'm excited about, we, you know, we've had so much support from our, from our clients and partners this year that we wanted to give back. So we have, we launched uh, back in the beginning of the month, a program called the Chef Marshall Minute. And it's a free program. It's a weekly one minute video tip on a lot of the things that we're talking about to help people just kind of keep this fresh and be a little inspiration, a little education, a little nudge for them. You know, and it's, uh, you know, it's once a week, uh, you get that, that video in your, in your inbox. And so that's something that I'm excited about and just go to chefmarshallminute.com. And then also we're working on, and it's in motion right now. So I don't know what will be happening after we do with the pilot, but we're doing a cooking, a cooking show, um, called cooking with confidence. <laughs> so it's all about helping people build their skills and confidence in the kitchen. And I hope that we continue that because it's been really positively received. And it's just a matter of keeping our, keeping focused and keeping it organized and, and more importantly, making it that, you know, for something that making it a helpful, meaningful resource. So I appreciate the opportunity to, to, you know, support your podcast. And, you know, this was all, this was definitely a lot of fun, Brian. 
Well, look, it's uh, like I said, it's been an awesome uh, pleasure and, and honor to have you on, and, and uh, I really enjoyed it. And um, it's, um, I'm wishing you all the best on, on the new things you got coming out, um, the things you're doing now, and also the things you got coming out for uh, for everybody out there. So um, I, I know you and I will stay in touch. Uh, we've been pretty good friends, so uh, I, I appreciate you being on, Marshall. Oh, it's really my pleasure. Thank you for the opportunity, Brian. Well, there you have it. Another exciting episode complete. My guest today certainly represents the data community very well. Continue to stay tuned because my shows with amazing guests comes out every week. You don't want to miss out. Please help the show by subscribing and leaving a rating. I would love your feedback. If you know anyone this show could help, please share it with them. I don't want anyone missing out on what it takes to be a great parent. If you have comments or questions, please let me know. You can message me on my Instagram page at data podcast. I read all your comments and respond to them all. Thank you, as always, for listening to the show. This is Dad Up.